Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the world in sport. I'm Wara Tuile Epitela. This week, Vinnie Wiley reports from the Pacific Games in Papua New Guinea. Dokalau's only athlete at the Games talks squash and the Fiji rugby coach prepares for his side's match against the Māori All Blacks on Saturday. But first... As Ellis feeds it to Carter, again the flat kick from Carter. Moana coming quickly. And Moana now, can he keep going, George Moana? And stretching, and he's in. Try on debut for George Moana. As... Inside the 22, and here is an opportunity in Fosaliba. Well, let's put the house down. Oh, has it? What? Look at them. The sea of blue has gone crazy, and rightly so. The All Blacks have beaten Samoa 25-16 in their first ever rugby test in Apia. The visitors led 12-13 at half-time. Both sides scored one try with George Moala touching down for the All Blacks, while Dan Carter kicked the conversion and six penalties. It is the lowest score by New Zealand in a test against Samoa, while the nine points is their smallest margin. I spoke to our correspondent, Otangavai Tipi Otangavai, right after the test, who told me fans were not disappointed. Well, you know, to be quite honest with you, Moira, even though that we didn't win the game against the All Blacks and we never win as of the last uh, test match, the feeling of people are, are very happy, very still excited because of the scores. <laughs> they were expecting that uh, All Blacks is going to score <laughs> maybe more than 100 points. But uh, anyway, you know, it's 16-25. People are still happy, still behind their, their team. What was the atmosphere like at the park? The atmosphere, oh, man. You know, if you have the old blacks playing in Samoa for the first time, you know, there was a lot of cheers, screaming, cheer up uh, from both the old blacks, a minority of old blacks, uh, cheer ups, uh, compared to the domination by the local fans of the one Samoa team. I know that... Uh you know, everyone still gets quite inspired when they hear uh, the Manu Samoa team uh, do their performance, but how were people when the, the All Blacks at the Haka? They must have been quite excited to see it live too instead of on TV. Oh, yes. Uh, they were expecting that the Manu Samoa is going to uh, perform their Sibatao at the same time, but I think the Manu Samoa made respect to have the All Blacks uh, do the Haka first before their Sibatao. When the, uh, the All Blacks performed their haka, what was the response like in the park? Oh, you know, people were, you know, was just very silent, you know. But you know, there's a lot of cheer up and a lot of moo in the in the in the stadium. But you know, that that is something that's going to come from the uh, Manusamo fans. And uh, are people still hanging around the park, hoping to get some signatures from um, either the All Blacks or Manusamo oh, yes. team? Yes, yes. People are still hanging around the park. You know, people behave themselves so well. And, uh, you know, people are very, very happy. Luis forward, Ala Foti Fausileva, scored Samoa's try during a dominant period for the home side midway through the second half. The All Blacks appear to have got through the game without any injury concerns. 
All four deputants got time for the All Blacks. Wing George Moala started, while prop Nepo Laulala, halfback Brad Weber and centre Charlie Ngatai. The Pacific Games in Papua New Guinea is nearing the end of its first week of competition and has already been praised as having exceeded expectations. The Games Council says that while work on a few venues was not completed in time, it has been impressed. Meanwhile, the Games themselves have been embraced by the population. Radio New Zealand International's sports reporter Vinnie Wiley is in Port Moresby and spoke to Max Toll. The people here in Papua New Guinea, uh, I mean, first of all, they're just incredibly friendly. They, they want to talk to you. They want to talk about the games. They're very proud to have you in their country. They're, they're very proud to have the Pacific in their country. Um, there's uh, a real effort here in Port Moresby, in PNG, uh, for these games. There are so many locals working in a volunteer capacity or an official capacity, police officers, so many athletes. Uh, and, and people really do seem to be enjoying it. You know, the opening ceremony on Saturday night, which was opened by the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, um, 15,000 people sold out. Uh, it was quite a spectacular opening. There was, you know, about 20-odd dancers from 20 different uh, parts of the region. There were four giant stands or sort of totems in a way that were uh, representing the four regions of Papua New Guinea. There really was uh, so much pride uh, amongst the crowd. Uh, whenever a new group came on to perform, there was just an absolutely massive cheer. People were laughing and smiling. There was, you know, every country that came out got a massive cheer. Obviously, Papua New Guinea got the biggest you know, uh, cheer of the night. But um, people seemed, everyone I talked to arriving at the opening ceremony or during or afterwards, wanted, they, they wanted to know what I thought of it. What did I think of, you know, what Papua New Guinea had done? And they were so proud that the ceremony showed all the different cultures, you know, the more than 800 languages that are spoken throughout Papua New Guinea, that this was a real statement of, uh, of who Papua New Guinea is and, and, and how they were proud to be hosting this event and, and put on a show. From an athlete's perspective, PNG won their first medal uh, in weightlifting on Sunday with Thelma Toa winning a triple gold in the women's 48-kilogram division, so that was a, a special moment. And Dika Toa, her older sister, she's a Commonwealth Games champion. She won Commonwealth gold, and then uh, she had a baby and then came back and won it again uh, in Glasgow last year. Uh, she actually wasn't able to win all the gold medals. She won one in the clean and jerk, but was upset uh, in the other categories, the uh, snatch and the overall. Um, but she was still very proud to win a medal for her country. Um, and, of course, Ryan Penny in the, in the pool, um, you know, he's an absolute superstar here. He came out of retirement specifically to compete in these games, and there was an absolutely massive sold-out crowd at the swimming uh, for him. There was supporters in the crowd. His mother was actually one of the uh, officials on the side. There was a, a lot of doubt that some of the venues wouldn't be completed in time. How have the different venues for the games gone down? The general feeling, and I've spoken to people from the Pacific Games Council uh, at some of the venues, is that the venues are top class. That um, you know the construction and, and what we have is superb. PNG have you know put billions of kina into this games into hosting this event. You know they've left no stone unturned. Uh, the big issue, of course, was that up until maybe three years ago, nothing had really been done, and until the current government came in and really pushed things along. Um, now. As you say, uh, not all of the venues were completed in time and not all of them are fully complete, but um, they are very good and, and they're going to be very uh, valuable to Papua New Guinea in the years to come. And they're certainly ready uh, and, and more than suitable uh, for what's happening at the moment as we speak. Coming up, what, what one event, if you could pick one, do you think uh, will garner the most interest and excitement in the country? Well, I mean, it's a natural thing in Papua New Guinea when you talk to people, uh, especially, say, you're from New Zealand like me, or, or just in general, you know, what's your favourite sport? You know, what are you looking forward to in the games? Uh, talk about rugby league. It's Papua New Guinea. How could you not? Um, uh, the Rugby League Nines uh, begin this weekend at the Sir John Gullies, uh, Outdoor Stadium, which is where the opening ceremony was held. 
think it's the first time, uh, first time in a while that rugby league has been played in the Pacific Games, and how appropriate for that to be the case on Papua New Guinea. So that'll be two days of Rugby League Nines, which of course is a, a growing format. And uh, Papua New Guinea, their squad are favoured for the gold medal. They have 13 of the 15 strong squad for PNG's Rugby League team uh, come from the PNG Hunters team who compete in the Queensland Cup uh, competition. And I think they're on about a 10-match winning streak at the moment, the Hunters. They have a bye this weekend. So pretty much all of their best players, as well as the coach, uh, will be uh, in charge in participating in the Rugby League tournament this weekend. So... People are very much looking forward to that. Vinnie Wiley speaking there to Max Toll. Tokelau's only competitor at the Pacific Games, a 33-year-old squash player, Sam Yasona, only picked up a racket for the first time a little over a year ago. The country's sports federation says its lack of representation is down to it not having enough time to prepare for the Games and its athletes not being available. But despite having to go it alone, Yasona, who works as a line mechanic in New Zealand, told Max Toll he's thrilled to be able to travel to Papua New Guinea. Started as something that wasn't too serious is uh, I next year I was only through. I just started playing squash about a year ago, or two years ago, and then you know, one of the cousins suggested that uh, I should play squash in the Pacific Games. How did you qualify? I didn't qualify, so no one else um, has ever represented Tokelau in squash before. A single player, all team. So, I mean, did you get in touch with the sports federation? How did they know that you know you were keen to play? Their cousin Steve sent them a. And um, asking if, uh, if, it was, if it was okay if I could uh, represent a player in squash. And uh, all the elders had a, had a meeting and yeah, I got accepted. Do you have any hopes, ambitions for the games? Yeah, all I can do is try my best, mate. I'm probably playing. A lot of guys have been playing a lot longer than I have. So I've been training hard for the last year and a bit. What made you want to take it up? I actually started taking up by accident. I, I filled in for someone who was, who was meant to play my coach. That I'm taking over with me. Um, yeah, just went in there and played, and then, to be honest, mate, I was hooked. Come home and uh, looked on training and found me a racket, and we've been playing ever since. Do your, do your workmates have they had anything to say about you going over to the games? Yeah, they are. a lot. Of, uh, one of them I actually play squash with is a club member with their club as well. So um, yeah, they're all they're all, um, they're all quite happy and pretty shocked at the same time. So do you know any of the other players that are competing? No, I don't, mate. No, at all. Um, it's all been. Top secret. I don't even know any. Um, don't know who the who the other islands are there that are in squash. Your coach. How long have you been working with him? Well, he's actually uh, my wife's uncle. So he's the, he's the guy that I actually filled in for to, to play. He's actually the guy that got me into squash. So um, and he's uh, he's been about four years in Papua New Guinea working the cocoa farms out there. So um, from a Tokelau perspective, were you born in Tokelau or New Zealand? No, I wasn't. Man. My parents were, and they, uh, they were brought out here in their teens. I was actually brought up in Poro and um, met my wife in Wellington, and now uh, we've got four school-aged boys, and uh, now living in the Waipa in Marston. Did you ever think that one day you might be representing Tokelau on the national stage? I actually had a thing um, <laughs> when I was thinking that I was probably going to play for the All Blacks or, or something like that. You know, everyone was pretty into, into rugby down there, so um, I suppose this is my way of... Uh, representing New Zealand and, um, and Tokelau at the same time. So you're, you're a big so, rugby fan and player? Yeah, yeah. I suppose you are probably backing the Hurricanes at the weekend. Yeah, I was. I was like everyone else. Um, I just want to say thanks to um, to my family for all the support, my wife and kids, for hanging in there for the, the long training sessions I've had.
Tokolo's only competitor at the Pacific Games, Sam Yasuna, speaking there to Max Toll. The Fiji rugby coach, John McKee, says he's expecting an exciting end-to-end encounter with the Māori All Blacks on Saturday. After that one-off in Suva, the flying Fijians take on Tonga, Samoa and Japan in pool play of the Pacific Nations Cup. World rankings apply to all the games, and John McKee says he would like to see his 11th-ranked team cement its place in the top 10. They've also been boosted recently by the arrival of the former Bulls coach, Franz Lodeki, as an assistant coach. After a training session on home soil, he told Max Toll he's expecting a bruising encounter this weekend. It's great to have a, have a game of this sort of calibre to, to kick our campaign off and you know there's great traditional match between New Zealand Mara and Fiji, you know, going right back to the to the nineteen twenties that, that it's been a been a fixture. So so that creates a lot of interest over here and it means our players coming back from, from overseas, you know, some of them have played you know, long seasons but they're very motivated to be be part of that game and you know, our, our focus is down the track. Our focus is Rugby World Cup. But it, it's, it's great for us to be able to start off with, with such a good game. So, uh, I mean, the, the Pacific Nations Cup coming up as well. I mean, uh, again, focus on the World Cup. Are you looking for the fringe players to, you know, stand out? Look, it's just interesting. You know, we, we, we've, we've got a bit of strategy for the Pacific Nations Cup. You know, mixing, um, mixing you know, fitness and reconditioning training with, with match preparation. And, and we have to manage that, that very well. But... You know the Pacific Nations Cup's an important competition to us as well, and and you know world world rankings important, and you know the teams like you know Samoa, Japan, and, and Tonga they're always very close to us in the in the rankings. So you know we, we we need to win games there to to try to climb up the up the rankings. You know we're just outside the top ten at the moment. It'd be nice if we could um, we could get into the top ten. Are there any specific uh, players, maybe some younger players that you're looking to you know really stand out and uh, put in some good performances? Oh look, you know we're, it's interesting. You know, we've actually got quite an experienced squad, but there are some young players coming through. It'll be interesting to see how how, how they develop in in this environment. And um, you know, players like like Ben Volavola from um, who's been playing in Australia and with the Waratahs, he's he's um, declared his availability, so he'll be he'll be debuting for us. And 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 you know, as a five eight, as a number ten, I mean, it's a critical position for us. So you know, I'd, I'd be hoping. You know, my knowledge of Ben is as a player, I know he's a really good player, so I'd be hoping that he can really, really step up in that area. Do you foresee any club versus country battles coming up? There's been a lot of talk about in the media. But we, we haven't experienced that problem um, this year. I undertook a quite an extensive trip to Europe earlier this year and, and, and visited clubs where our players are playing. I spent you know about five weeks in Europe and, and on the road a lot and, and went to went to about. 23 different clubs over over my time up there. So I think by by you know sitting down and talking to the coaches and talking to the rugby managers, it, it's it's really helped um, the situation. And and you know I think you know really getting that open dialogue so so they know which players we're looking at and, and they know all our plans around it, our programming and that sort of thing. It's really made that a very smooth operation this year, and we haven't had any problems with um, players being unavailable. Your assistant coach Franz, um, what's he been bringing to the table? Look, um, it's very interesting that Franz is coming to us. We did have um, Matt Cobain working for us, but he, he um, took a job in Japan, and unfortunately, the club said, "No, you can't go to the World Cup. You've got to, you've got to be here." So, so we, we lost our line out coach, who had been doing a fantastic job for us. And then I, I really thought about, you know, looking towards South Africa to see, see um, 
knowing the, the strength of their game around the round board play and, and lineouts and, and around the mall. So, and, and it would, you know, talking to some of my contacts over there and, and you know, France name come up. And, you know, when I, when I spoke to him, he, he, he really expressed a, a very keen interest. So, you know, it's developed very quickly over the last probably the last four weeks. And he, he arrives in the country on. Um, is in he's travelling at the moment. He arrives here tomorrow. So, but I think you know, like that wealth of experience. I mean, he's been a head coach, so, so that, that's um, great to have coaches of that experience in, in in the coaching mix. But also, you know, the, the Bulls have been consistently one of the best um, lineout teams in the in the in the uh, Super Rugby for for a number of years. So, you know, he brings that experience and that specific knowledge to to the table as well. So, he's going to be a great addition to our. You talk about lineouts. Is there a, a particular area of your game that you really want to nail down and improve before the World Cup? With the profile of our players, we've got you know we've got very dynamic, athletic players. So we need to we need to control the tempo of the lineouts, and you know and and, and you use our our speed of movement across the ground, the athleticism to to get into the air to, to win our ball. Uh, we know when we play, you know England and, and Wales particularly that. that I'll use the mall a lot, so we need to be very sharp on our mall defence techniques and, and methods to, to stop that because because those teams will use that as a weapon in the game to you know to try to win penalties, to, you know, to gain territory, and that, that's going to be a big work on it for us as well. If we, if we can take that element out of the game for those teams, you know, they, they've got to go, they've got to go to a plan B, which which um, which would suit us. The Fiji rugby coach John McKee speaking there to Max Toll. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Maratwila Epitaylor. Thanks very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.